You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 77. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special episode planned for you guys today. I am so excited to welcome my newfound friend, Lydia, and she is owner of the brand Rancher's Wife Life, and it's something that she's always dreamed of doing, but she never really had the ability to do so for quite some time, but recently her audience has grown tremendously, and she has really been able to just dive into that adventure even more, and she has seen so much growth and so many opportunities arise because of it and so we got to sit down and talk about how she's able to see those opportunities and take full advantage of them to really see growth and to help her brand grow and to just build community around this brand that she's created she is such an awesome wise person to talk to about business and just being a ranch wife and what that means and what that looks like for people she's hilarious and I just absolutely adore this conversation with her so without further ado here is Lydia. Hey there, my name is Sarah Elrod and you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl podcast where we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. I'm a cowgirl turned full-time entrepreneur. I've done everything from wedding photography to horse training, business coaching, and more. My mission is to help other Western women and men grow thriving businesses so that they can live out that small town dream life that they love while achieving bigger goals than they ever could have imagined. If you're ready to put in the work, grow your business, grow your brand, and enjoy the little things in life, and of course, get a little rowdy too, then you are in the right place, my friend. Let's do this. It is no secret that I love to shop. Even on those days where my hair's a mess and I have leggings on for the third day in a row, nothing can beat that feeling of getting a package in the mail with a new shirt you have been eyeballing for months or a dress that makes you feel so excited for springtime. Especially now as an expecting mother, I have to get creative with my outfits while still trying to keep up with the Western fashion trends that I just love so much. Luckily, one of my favorite boutiques has me covered. Farm Girl Boutique is not your average clothing boutique, you guys. They have everything from women's to men's to kids, home decor, farm and garden, gifts, and so much more. They're truly the one-stop shop for all your family's needs. And one of my favorite parts about Farm Girl is that the styles are so timeless, so you'll never really feel like you're purchasing something that's only going to be trendy for a few minutes and then on to the next thing. Your Farm Girl pieces are going to last in your closet no matter where the fashion industry takes us. So head on over to farmgirlboutique.com and use code SARAHE10 at checkout to save 10% on your next order. Or you can go to sarahelrod.com slash farmgirl to get a direct link as well. That's farmgirlboutique.com and use code sarahe10 at checkout to save 10%. Happy shopping. Well, hello, Lydia. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so stoked to have you here and get to talk with you about so many different fun things. Yeah, you're so welcome. I'm glad to be here. I love the podcast. I love listening to all the guests that you have on. So I'm honored to be one. Yes, I was so stoked when I saw you had commented that you wanted to be on because usually I'm like, like a stalker creeping on people like, will you please come on my show? And then when you were I was like, yes, listen to podcasts. And so when I was doing my kind of not necessarily a, a vision board, I mean, I do vision boards, but it was just kind of like a list of things that I wanted to accomplish in 2022 and, um, being on podcasts was one of them. And so I've been on a couple this year and, and I just love it. I love, I love chatting with people and meeting new people. So this is a great way to do it. Yes. It's so fun getting to like, feel like you get to know people through the internet. And I just love how there's been this community that gets formed and you can become friends with these people. Cause especially with like this type of lifestyle, it's really hard to get connected. I don't know if you've experienced any of that or not, but it's like hard to meet people and you know, you're so far out of the way of everything. (laughs) I was actually just talking to one of my, um, one of my friends, they, uh, they, they don't neighbor us, but they're on a ranch within the same county as us. Um, still takes us an hour to get there. But uh, I was just talking to her about, you know, uh, isolation is like the blessing and the curse of being a ranch wife um, or or even just a, you know, cowboy girl. It's, you know, you, you love being out in the middle of nowhere. You love being by yourself. Uh, but at the same time, like you kind of go crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and it can be, it can be really, really tough, especially, uh, I, I know like in my grandmother's era, um, I, it was incredibly hard, you know, cause they didn't have social media. So, you know, as, 
as much of a bad rap as social media can get, I I have always loved social media because I grew up in rural areas and it was like that was my connection, you know, to my friends, to the outside world, to culture, all of those different things. So, you know, social media can get kind of a bad rap for for good reasons in a lot of in a lot of circumstances, but I think when it's used correctly, it can be a lifesaver for so many of us. Oh yeah. And it's so true. Like I I've had that conversation so many times and definitely with like, I I don't know, I guess an older generation, you know, they view it so differently. And, and even with my own parents, you know, they're like, Oh, you kids, you know, you're always on your phones or doing whatever, but it's like, you know, yes, there are obviously negatives to social media. If you, you know, you utilize it in the wrong ways or whatever, but it's such a beautiful thing to be able to get to meet people that you'll, you may never get the opportunity to meet in person, but you can feel like you have that connection with them or that relationship and build community with people over so many different things. So I love that. I agree. So before we get into too much, do you want to go ahead for anybody who doesn't know you go ahead and like, maybe introduce yourself talk a little bit about what you do, who you are, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, of course. So my name is Lydia. Um, I have a uh, kind of fledgling brand called Rancher's Wife Life. And um, it's something that I've always dreamed about doing, but never really had the opportunity to just dive right in. And uh, within the past uh, six months or less, um, I've had some uh, tremendous audience growth on my social media platforms. And I just decided it's now or never. And so I started to build my brand and I've just been enjoying every second of that. But aside from that, I am a ranch wife and a ranch mom. I've got, we've got three little kids. Me and my husband have been married, um, since 2016. And we've always been in the agriculture industry, uh, since we've met and since we've been married and this is just what we do. So right now we're in Northern New Mexico. We run a ranch here and uh, it's just the two of us and the three kids. That's so cool. I love that so much. So what like what made you decide to want to start doing because your your like main hub is TikTok, right? That's kind of like your main content yeah. source. Uh yeah, I would say uh well. I don't know. I, I, TikTok, I have the largest audience. Um, I would say in some ways I prefer Instagram. I feel like in, on Instagram, I have a much more intimate, uh, uh, relationship with my audience in the sense that I feel like I know very much who is following me as to where TikTok kind of throws followers at you. And you're really not quite sure who that is. Um, but I do, I do have a very large following on TikTok and I've just tried to keep that snowball rolling. Um, Mm -hmm. as of right now, uh, I'm very close to breaking 100,000 followers on TikTok. Um, I have uh, just over 12,000 on Instagram too. And so that's very exciting because it's grown. I would say it's grown at a smaller rate, but the speed has been about the same. I mean, t- TikTok is just easier. Mm-hmm. And I know that it, it just is. Like mm-hmm. I said, it just throws followers at you. I feel like on Instagram, you need to earn followers and and you need to work for it. And so in some ways, while the 100,000 followers are almost 100,000 followers on TikTok is exciting, I'm I'm more humbled by the Instagram following just because, like I said, I feel like those are my people, right? Like those are people that we resonate on a very different level than TikTok. But um, I, so I, let's see, let me backtrack just a little bit. So I have a, a very successful uh, direct sales business. And I know that's not for everyone, but it's for me and how it's really, uh, been a huge financial blessing for our family. I mean, we were living on ranchers wages and having additional income was a huge blessing. And that just kind of grew and grew and grew. Uh, and I created a very, uh, sustainable and authentic, uh, authentic business. I, I know a lot of people don't do it well, but I'm very proud of, of the organization that I have created. And so because of that networking was a huge part of that growth, I needed to network and to stay true to my values. I needed to network in a way that was organic and authentic. And so I, you know, cold messages are against my religion. I am not going to spam people. I just, I can't, I can't do that and be me. And so I needed to draw in a following, I needed to, to bring people to me in an, in an organic way. And so I had to kind of hone in on, 
okay, who am I? What do I have to offer people other than these things that I love so much and I would love to introduce them to, but who am I as a person? And I mean, I always kind of had a grasp of that. You know, I'm a ranch wife. I've, I've tried, I've tried social media and I've tried blogging before. Um, I had a, a small but successful faith-based blog before I got married and then after we got married, I got pregnant very quickly and I just kind of abandoned it for personal reasons. Um, you know, I had a, I had an old Instagram account that was all about ranch wife stuff. And while it wasn't as big as my account now, I felt like I had, you know, I had an identity. I knew who I was, but then when I started to grow my business, I really needed to hone in on that. And so that's what I did. And I did most of that on Facebook. And I think you actually just did an episode, um, I can't remember if it was just you or you had a guest, but you were talking about, um, you know, doing one thing well, instead of trying to add 50 different things in and trying to do them all at once. And I have always stood firm on that. So for a long time, I didn't even have an Instagram, let alone a TikTok. So it was, it was kind of a progression. So I had my Facebook, I got very good at Facebook. I got very good at networking on Facebook and, and again, building relationships that were very valuable to me on a personal level. You know, I just felt like I had a community there. And then once I felt like I had a grasp on that, um, I decided to start an Instagram again. And so I started an Instagram probably right before Reels came out. I, I, I remember, so maybe like March, March of 2021, I can't remember, but I just, as soon as I started my Instagram, it's like, whoa, what is this real thing? Mm-hmm. Um, And so I started an Instagram and I started to grow a following there and got good at that. And that became kind of second nature for me to be able to create good, authentic content there that people were responding to. And then in, I think, I think I started my TikTok on October 1st. So literally I've only had it for like, what, five months. Yeah. Um, and I started my TikTok and I, I started slow, just kind of reposting things that I had already posted on Instagram and not trying anything new. And uh, then I just ironically, I thought, I know not everyone's brain works like this, but I feel like creatives brains work like this. You know, whether you're a photographer or you're a content creator or a graphic designer, you just see opportunities and you're like, Oh, I need to, I need to capitalize on that. And so I saw the opportunity um, and I didn't know if it was going to work, but the night that Yellowstone season four premiered, I made a TikTok and it was essentially just like a joke that, that a Yellowstone audience would get. And I posted it right when the season premiere ended. Like, I mean, and I wasn't sitting there being like neurotic about it, but I just, this was my thought process. I was like, if this is, if there's a time to post this, this is the time to post this because everybody's going to be on TikTok after Yellowstone. And so I created this, this TikTok and it went, I think within 48 hours, it went up to like 2.5 million views. And I, I went from having like 500 TikTok followers to like 25,000. And it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. And when I, I know a lot of people, you can be kind of a one hit wonder on TikTok. You know, you go viral once you get 50,000 followers and then nothing ever happens after that. And I had seen that happened with people, um, who I'm friends with or who I'm close with. And I thought, okay, I don't want that to happen. So I have this momentum. How do I keep the snowball rolling? And in reality, that's all I've been doing. Um, it started there. And obviously I've, I've branched away from like Yellowstone TikTok. Um, I have kind of a love-hate relationship with the show now. So um, <laughs> the politics of it kind of got me. So um, I, I branched off from that and I don't do that anymore, but I secured an audience with that. And then I started to show more of myself. I started to show, you know, I, I'm not about Yellowstone. I'm not Yellowstone TikTok. I'm ranch wife TikTok. I'm cowboy culture TikTok. I'm, you know, and, and, I, I kind of always, uh, I always kind of lean towards the funny stuff. You know, there's, there's people who are very good at creating, um, sentimental content, inspirational content, all of those things. I, I, I like to make people laugh. I, I really do. And I think, um, it, the industry that we're in, the agriculture industry is incredibly serious and we live incredibly serious lives. and. I think if we could just laugh 
it it is such a remedy for so many of the so much of the heaviness that we deal with in our day-to-day lives. I mean, I make a lot of, you know, my husband and I are are very good co-workers and partners uh in the grand scheme of things because I've seen people who probably should not work together on the ranch when they're married, but I think we do a pretty good job. And uh but I make a lot of jokes about working with your spouse in the ranching industry because it's relatable. Yeah. It's hard. Like whether you're good at it or not, like it's hard. And so I've I've just tried to keep that snowball rolling and kind of carve out a space for myself. And apparently it's working. (laughs) (laughs) It totally is. Oh my gosh. You literally said so many things. I'm like writing notes so I don't forget anything, but I, okay. I have so many thoughts. (laughs) I literally, um, okay. I want to backtrack really quick because you had mentioned like direct sales and my inner business owner geek is like just on fire geeking out. But I love that you went into depth about saying how, like, like you've seen the gap, I get, I guess you would call it a gap in that industry where there's a lot of people that do it wrong. I mean, for lack of a better word or approach it, maybe not in the best way. And I think that's why so many people can get turned off by that idea, but it's like, like you said, where you've decided, okay, I'm going to approach this differently and I'm going to show up as myself and I need to grow a following and come at this more authentically, if you will. And I think that's so true. And I've had that conversation with people in the past where they jump into it because they think they're going to make a ton of money right away and then it doesn't work. So then they, you know, quit and move on to the next one. Or, you know, they think like, okay, I'll just post these things that other people sent me and and they all kind of look the same. And I've told people, and it's just like with any other business, whether you're a photographer, a graphic designer, whatever it is that you do, you know, you have to stand out because your work and what you sell could be the exact same thing that someone else is selling and you could, your style could be relatively the same. So what you're selling itself isn't necessarily what makes you stand out. It's, it's you. And you are the reason why people want to buy whatever it is that you're selling. It's not so much about just the products and just the services. So I think that was really important. Each, uh, my team, like what you just said, people who allow me to have the honor to mentor them, um, is you, you can't, they're, they're not here for the product. They're here because of whatever it's doing for you. Right. Like, so you have to, when I, I was very blessed when I came into it, I had great leadership. And I think the reason why I was so, I need to do this in an authentic way was because I was actually hugely skeptical. Um, you know, I'd had family members who, like you said, they just company hop, you know, get rich quick scheme, you know, they, they're gullible. I mean, that's a horrible word to use for someone, but that's what it is. It's gullible. And, uh, so I, I mean, I was a nasty skeptic. I had to eat a lot of crow because I was actually, I I was actually the girl who was, was kind of mean about it, you know, very judgmental and openly judgmental about anything direct sales. It didn't matter what it was. And so when I found the the company with that I'm with now, the products were incredibly transformational for me after my second child. And it wasn't necessarily like a, a body transformation. I just, I just felt good again. Mm-hmm. And it was something, uh, postpartum was very, very difficult for me after my second child. And I just had this moment where it was like, you know what, if it can help me, maybe it'll help someone else. And I'm willing, I'm willing to put my name on this. I'm, I'm willing to put my name on this. And like I said, I was very blessed to have authentic leadership that was doing business the right way. Mm -hmm. And it just grew from there. Um, I think I have experienced massive growth. Um, I, I'm, I am always hungry for more, Mm -hmm. but when I look back, um, what I've accomplished and what my, what my team has accomplished, because that for me is the big thing. Like if people who have trusted me to mentor them are seeing success, then we're good, right? Mm -hmm. Like it can't just be me. It can't just be one person. We need, we need to see layers of success happening. And we've been seeing that. And that's, I think why the growth is still very organic and very natural. Um, but you know, I look at back at what I've accomplished and, um, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Every year has been astronomical growth. 
And I, I always tell people when I talk about it, if the second it stops working for me or the second the business stops working for me, I'll stop talking about it, mm-hmm. you know, because because it can't I cannot put my name on something that I don't believe in. So mm-hmm. the moment I stop believing in this, I will stop putting my name on it. But right now I'm very passionate about this and I will continue to let it be my bread and butter. Um, and I've always been very entrepreneurial, but I think you know, direct sales for a lot of people can be a launch pad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think I would have the confidence in my social media. I wouldn't have the confidence in my ability to market things. And and frankly, I wouldn't have the financials to go out. Um, it sounds it sounds kind of piddly, but Rancher's Wife Life, I, I made some stickers. I've got some stickers that I'm circulating. And uh, frankly, I wouldn't have had the financials to go out and buy those. Mm-hmm. And But I didn't have to worry about it. And so I think it can be a, a launch pad for a lot of people. Um, you know, whether they stick with it for 10 years or 15 years, or it's, it's just something that they do in the in-between, there's a place for it, uh, when it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. And, and I love that you said, you know, it could just be, it could be your main career and the thing that takes you so far, or it could be like a stepping stone that leads you into something else. So I love that. And I loved what you said earlier too, about, um, whether you heard it on my show, I feel like I've probably said it, but I don't know what particular episode, but about, you know, getting good at, at one thing. Cause that's so true. And I think people, especially multi-passionate people, and I'm so guilty of that. Like I want to do everything, but it's so hard to, you know, you can't just give 25% of yourself in everything that you have, you know, your life invested into, you have to give a hundred percent to one thing. And then once that's kind of flowing, then you can start adding in these other things. But I think if you try to do too much at once, then it's, it's going to show, it shows that you're not giving your full heart into that one thing. So I think that was a really important, like, yeah, it becomes second nature. I mean, so there's a, there's a book, um, very short book. I it's, I think it's literally five hours on audible. Um, and it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And when I listened to it, I learned some new things, but it also solidified some other things that I was doing in my life. And essentially your business, if you're multi-passionate, you have to allow one passion to become a habit. Mm -hmm. So for me, social media platforms become habit. So I can do, um, you know, I was listening to another podcast. I can't remember her name, but, um, it's, it's, uh, what's she call it? She called it an energetic minimum. So what essentially what you can do in your sleep, like, I mean, like you just, it's so second nature to you. It's an energetic minimum. So to me, and that doesn't mean that you're not putting your best foot forward in that. It just means that it's, it's just part of you now. And that's how I feel about social media platforms. Like you can't, um, you can't do six of them and, and only be kind of good at all of them. You should get really good at one and Mm -hmm. then try another. And I think it's the same with businesses. You know, you can't start six businesses at once. You should do one, get very good at one or decide that it's not for you. Like it, it may not be for you and then move on to something else. Like I would have not started this whole rancher's wife life thing had I not felt secure in my ability to continue to grow my organization with my other business. Mm. And but because I feel secure in that and because I felt like I was in a position to give my energy to something new, I stepped into that. Um but I, I think uh you're exactly right. Being multi-passionate can can make your life very complicated if you're not careful. <laughs> No, that's so true. And and like what you said about like habits and, and something, it's weird to think that something like social media could become a habit, but I was kind of just thinking about that the other day, how, um, cause like I, I coach other photographers and other, you know, up, up and coming businesses too. And, and one of the biggest things I feel like I hear people say is like, Oh, I don't have the time to post or, Oh, I don't, I don't know what to post and what to say. And there's obviously like structure. I try to help them come up with like some sort of plan that fits their life and things like that. But the truth is the more you do it, the more it does become like a habit. And, you know, for me, I've done it so often that 
I, you know, I try to plan out some content ahead of time, but even if I'm going to post like today and I have nothing planned, like it wouldn't be that hard for me to come up with a caption that's like well thought out and like know what picture to post and figure it out. So it is, it's like a habit and you just get better at it and you kind of learn like what works, what doesn't. So you get it too. Like you learn how to conserve your own energy. Like I think I was talking to, um, I was doing a training. So I was doing a training and, um, we were talking about creating content and I mean, for me, I, I could sit down and make 15 TikToks in 20 minutes. Like it just, I mean, it's just yeah. second to me. I just got to find the audio and like go out to the barn. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can just do it. But it's because I see it through that lens now. And I think it's all how you see it. And and not everybody has a creative mind. So I, I will say that, that people who have, and I'm, an, I'm just going to put us in the same category, mm-hmm. that people who have the mind to see social media and content through that lens we do have an advantage because it, because it becomes easy very quickly creating content. You, you see what it's almost kind of analytical. Like mm-hmm. you see someone else make a post and you're like, I like what they just did there. I can not copy it, but I can make it something that matches my brand and people are responding to that. So people are probably going to respond. You know, you just, yeah. you, things through that analytical lens. Not everybody's like that. However, I will say that people who are not like that, the only, the only way that you can teach yourself how to do that is to just do it. Yeah. And just got to do it. And I think that especially in the Western industry, I can't really speak to other industries, but I think probably the most crippling thing for Western creators, whether they're, they're leather workers or, or, you know, they're doing digital content or photographers or whatever. I think the biggest thing that will cripple people is fear of starting because they fear failure. Like, I mean, we're all going to look back at the posts we made last year and go, Oh my God, like (laughs) that was like, why I, you know, like, we just, we do that. We're critical of ourselves, but the people who started last year are probably seeing growth. So you got to start at some point and you just got to keep doing it and then it will get better. It's just, it's in, it's inevitable. It will get better. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's that fear of, of failing and, I think just the fear of not having it be perfect and everybody wants it to look a certain way, or, you know, if they don't have the most amazing camera or they can't, you know, they don't have like the most aesthetic house to film a TikTok in or something, you know, I think just so many things run through people's minds of like, oh, I can't, I can't film this TikTok because I don't have makeup on right now. Like, you know, there's so many excuses that you hear and see, and it's like, you have to just do it. And it's, it's probably some of the most frustrating advice for people to receive because they want that like magical like potion that's just going to make it easier but it's true I mean that's the best way to put it is you have to just start putting stuff out there and see what works for you because it's not the same for everybody and you just have to um what's the word that you have I keep using the word authentic so I want to I want to try to branch out from that but you have to represent yourself in the correct way. So, you know, I remember I've been reflecting on this a lot lately. I don't know. I I honestly like, I I need to sit down and in some quiet and really ruminate on it. Cause I honestly feel like, uh, I'm, I'm the Holy spirit's trying to tell me something with this, Mm -hmm. but I keep, I keep ruminating on. So I used to be, um, I used to know someone who is incredibly successful on social media. Like, and I'm talking like she was one of the pioneers of like our generation for building a social media brand. And she's still insanely successful. And she fits a very unique, or she she's in a specific niche. She's all, everything is perfectly placed. Everything is perfectly edited. Everything is just perfect right? Like, like Pinterest worthy country living magazine. Perfect. Mm. But that's her. That's her. And I struggled so much. I actually, I mean, I, I unfollowed her. I blocked her because it made me feel 
terrible because I couldn't be her. And I tried. I try. I said, I want, I want that. I want that level of success. I want that audience. I want that. But at the time I didn't realize, like, I don't want her audience. I don't want to be her. I'm never going to be her. I've never been her. And now, you know, six years later, I have enough self-awareness to realize, oh, that's why it didn't work because it wasn't me. I wasn't meant to be her. Mm -hmm. But the point that I'm getting at is I think that there is a place, one, one million percent, there's a place for people who have that perfection and they don't see it as perfection, but that that's their brand, right? There are people in the Western industry too, that, you know, that's their brand, perfectly edited, perfectly placed, yeah. very polished. And that's their brand. I don't fit in that category. And as long as we're remaining authentic to ourselves, our people will find us. Mm. I'm never going to cross over to that audience. That audience will never be drawn to my content. But I can tell you right now that the ranch wives who resonate with the fact that, you know, no, I'm not wearing makeup. Like I'll do TikToks. I mean, not everybody who listens to this podcast will be able to see me, but like, I mean, <laughs> I got a messy bun and I don't think I've washed my hair in a week. I'm going to do TikToks just like this but you have a shirt that says CEO and I love it. It makes me so happy. <laughs> shirt. Oh. <laughs> I love t- that's my thing. T-shirts with cool things on them. I just love them. But um I'm going to do stuff just like this, but I think that's why it works for me is because that's my audience. They don't want to see perfect and polished. And there are days where, yes, I'm going to show up and my makeup's going to be done and my hair is going to be done and I'm going to look dang cute. And and I'm going to work with that, but I'm not going to be afraid to create content that that's real because this is my life. This is my life. I have three small children and I'm my husband's only help. So, you know, if I'm going to find time to create content, it's going to happen in, in the trenches. Mm -hmm. It's just going to happen in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that's so, it's so true. And, and everything you said about like that, not being you, I really resonated with that even in my own career path and, and how my life and business has just forever changed. When I first got into it, I was like full on wedding photographer. And then I, you know, tried to mold myself to be like all these other destination elopement, like photographers that I thought I saw them and thought they are, that is what success looks like. Like if I'm not doing that, then I'm not successful. But I came to realize I don't really like traveling that much. (laughs) Like, I, I just, yeah, I like to take a vacation every now and then, but traveling like every weekend sounds exhausting to me. I, when I was really real with myself, I'm like, I don't want to do that, you know? And, and it's hard because sometimes even now I like battle with that, where it's like, I see other people traveling and doing things and I've had the opportunities. I've had people offer to fly me places that I've turned down because I know that I don't want to do it. I don't want to be away from my family. And when we have kids, like, I don't want that to be my life. And so I've had to mold my business into a different direction that feels more like me and feels authentic to me. But it is hard because you just battle with those things of like, well, are they more successful than me because they're doing that? And it's just weird how you you choose like, oh, they have pretty ecstatic looking photos. That must mean they're way more successful than I am. But that doesn't that really doesn't mean anything. (laughs) You know, that's just their thing. And maybe that's not your thing, but you could be equally as successful. So it is it's like a funny little mind game that we play with ourselves on things like that. Definitely. And I think the more you become secure in your own, I would say in your own image, in your own worth. And I don't necessarily mean like exterior image. I just mean like knowing who you are, like, this is who I am. And, and I'm proud to be this person, you know, like, yes, I have my flaws. Yes. I got stuff that I'm working on, but I, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to show up as that person. Um, you, you just, you almost get a new appreciation for those other people. You know, I've had moments here recently, like I said, I've been ruminating on this topic a lot and, and I've gone and I've looked at this person who, who used to make me feel inadequate, not because of what she was doing, just because of what I was struggling with at the time. Um, I've gone and looked at her profile here recently and it gave me a completely different vibe. It gave me this vibe of like, 
look at her go. Like, that's amazing. Like, look at how much she's grown. Look at all these cool things that she's doing. Look at this success that she's finding. And, and I, I was, I was happy for her. I, I, I was, um, I liked her content again. I liked the vibe. I, you know, because I was looking at it through a lens of she's not me and I'm not her and that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an okay thing. I know. And, and you had also mentioned how like, you know, people like you and me, for example, or people with more of maybe that creative brain. Um, and I don't know, I'm probably switching gears a little bit, but we, we tend to see things a little bit differently. And for us, things like content creation, you know, one, we can look past that whole idea of perfection, like, you know, depending on what, who you are. And, and for me, that's become less important too. And I used to be really, I used to thrive on that. Like, oh, I can't post this if it's not pretty, but um, I, I focus a lot less on that. And I'm more, and it's probably the photographer in me that like wants everything to be a professional quality photo, but I've learned that sometimes my iPhone pictures do really well compared to my actual work. So it's just funny how that actually works out. But you had mentioned earlier, like, like finding those opportunities and how you kind of saw that with TikTok and you, you saw this like open plane and you, you took it and ran with it and it ended up working out really well for you. And your Yellowstone TikTok, I'm just, I was laughing so hard when you brought that up because I remember seeing that TikTok (laughs) and (laughs) because we actually went to a wedding, probably like four days after it happened, my husband's best friend got married. And so all of these people who know us very well, and they were just, I mean, they were just teasing us because it's my husband in the video. So they're just, I mean, they're just teasing like you, you're TikTok famous now, like you TikTok famous. And I'm just kind of like, ha ha, very funny. But on the inside, I'm going like, yeah, you just watch. Yeah. Like, watch this is going to turn this into something. going to roll and I'm rolling with it, you know, like, yeah, it was fine, but now it's it's very real. It's a very real opportunity. Um, and just go with it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much of an opportunity that that app has provided people, because I don't think anybody saw TikTok going where it has actually gone and what it's doing for people and how it's changing the game of everything. And, and you had said too, like you capitalized on the momentum that it brought you. So you had this one video that took off and, and you saw like, okay, I can't let this just sit now and die. Like I have to keep going. So, I mean, what did that kind of look for you? Were you just posting a ton after that? Or how did you like move forward? So, and I guess it's worth noting I really enjoy creating content. Mm-hmm. It's not hard for me because I like it. Um, it's it's a creative outlet for me. You know, I don't I don't my husband's a my husband's a leather worker and a saddle maker. Like that's his creative outlet. I don't do things like that. Creating yeah. content is my outlet. So I I very much enjoy it. Um, so the momentum from that it's it's. STEM, it's gone different directions. So um, I, I've created a following based on what it's like to be married to a cowboy. You know, mm-hmm. the humorous side of it, the romantic side of it, the real life side of it. And then I kind of rolled with that. Okay. And then, um, you know, I, I rolled with um, just ranching in general, ranch wife life in general, just, you know, and like I said, I always kind of lean towards funny. Yeah. Um you know, I, I did a, I, I, in my mind, they're series. Okay. So like most people probably don't see them that way, but in my mind, I have series of TikTok and they're just all on the same like train of thought in my brain. So I did one that was, it was a cowboy gatekeeper series and just funny things that we do within cowboy culture that are like rules that, that we somehow follow. And so I gained a lot of audience from that people within the Western industry going, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is quote unquote, a bull rider. That is quote unquote, you know, a buckaroo that is quote unquote. And I was just being funny and, and sarcastic, Mm -hmm. but it struck a note because it's Mm -hmm. something that we do in the Western industry. 
like I said, I have a lot of videos that are about just working livestock or, or working on a ranch with your spouse or your significant other. Um, and, and I'm trying to think of where else I've, I've gone. Um, I've strayed away from a lot of things, you know, I don't really create Yellowstone content anymore. Um, I've, I've tried to branch more into, uh, I can't even believe that I'm bringing this up. Um, one of my videos went viral and I did not mean for it to, it was not meant to go viral. Um, it always happens that way. Right. One of my viral after, so anybody who is on Western TikTok knows the drama that was surrounding the whole Tratter House thing. Yeah. I have no beef with it. I need to mention that. I have no beef with it. Yeah. But my video about this conflict, quote unquote conflict, went viral and it opened my eyes to an entirely different audience. So I see people when, when a video goes viral, the way that I view it is, okay, this hit an audience. What audience did this hit and why, why did I, why did this get a million views and gain me 30,000 followers? Why, what do these people want to see? And the whole Tratter House thing, my, one of my biggest, one of my biggest soap boxes and I, I rarely get serious on any of my platforms. Uh, but one of my soapboxes is there's a place for everyone in this industry. Like, just find your people and be happy with your people. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. And frankly, those kids are having a blast. Good for them. They're having a they're having a blast. Oh, yeah. Initially, I got my hackles up because I thought it was a little bit deeper than it was as far as like stealing creative ideas and all of that but now that it's played out it's just it's just drama mm -hmm. um but those kids are having a blast there's a place for them in this industry there is a place for them in this industry they're having a blast and people love that however my post was talking about if you want to see more authentic cowboy content there are people out here creating it like, and I was, I was labeling myself as one of them. And I, I believe I am one of those people. Um, Southeastern sun. Um, I'm trying to think of other people off my rare buckaroo. Um, there are people out there that are creating authentic cowboy content. So I made a post that applied to this quote unquote drama, but it was essentially saying, if that's not your vibe, there are some of us who are, you need yeah. to come follow us. And it blew up. But yeah. that's to me that there is a place for everyone in this industry because there are people who are following the fun, the dances, the transitions, the, you know, all of those things. And then there's other people who just just want people who are, are out here working on the ranch. And there's a place for all of us. There's followers for all of us. There's an audience for all of us, whether that's what you're trying to do or not. Right. Um, I'll never be shy about the fact that I'm trying to build a platform. I'm trying to, I am trying to put my name on the radar and I'm not going to do that by doing cute dances and nice transitions. That's not my gig. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's so true. And I was kind of the same way. Like when all of that first came out and blew up, um, I'd made a video too, which didn't go like super crazy viral, but I definitely got like 20,000 views in like an hour, you know, there, it like definitely people were looking into that drama and I could tell, and then I started to see more and more videos like about the same thing, like people talking about it and, you know, it's just, it's funny. And normally I'm not the type of person either to comment on all of that stuff, but I kind of just thought probably the same thing you did with the Yellowstone situation where it was like, people are going to be talking about this drama. I already know it. I can see that happening and I'm going to make a video on it. I'm not going to, you know, I don't take sides. I think it is just a bunch of drama and it's silly and whatever. But like you said, they're all just having fun. It's whatever now, but yeah, I mean, it, it seriously blew up and, and that whole thing just turned into this huge deal, but you're so right. Like that is for a certain type of person, like a certain type of person follows that and enjoys that type of content. Whereas there's a certain type of person that follows people like you that have that more authentic, real day-to-day -day life, cowboy life. And 
and there's room for both. And there's people that follow both and they enjoy seeing both of it. So, you know, there, like you said, there's room for everybody. It doesn't mean you have to lean one way or the other. And, and I've totally picked up on your like series that you've done. And the gatekeeper one is so funny. I was even watching your videos last night, kind of preparing for this and, and like going through and I'm literally sitting on the couch and I'm like laughing, literally laughing out loud. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm interviewing her tomorrow. She's so funny. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about this video or whatever. Oh, oh so. make people laugh. But and you also just have to know when to go with it and when to leave it. So, like for example, the whole Tratter House thing. I made one video. I will never step there again. Yep. Like, never step there again because one, my audience, and two, I have I have no skin in that game. Yeah, I. I to pin like a comment on my video that said, I'm not in this. Like yeah. I, I'm, that was not the point of my video. And luckily I don't think anybody, there were a few people who got a little bit defensive. Um, but mostly everybody was just kind of like, yeah, this is, I want to be on that side of TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got kind of nervous because if you, cause I put that hashtag on it and mine was for a long time, mine was like the second video for that hashtag because it went viral and I'm going, Oh no, like they're going to be like messaging me. Like, I don't, I don't want in, like, I'm not in this beef. Like that wasn't the point. And luckily I think my verbiage on my post was very neutral and very clear. So it never went that far. But like I said, I will not create another video about it because that's not the cowboy, um, cowboy gatekeeper. Um, if something arises that I want to make another video for that, I will, but it just kind of died out. It stopped it stopped hitting the for you page. It stopped bringing in, uh, interaction. And so I stopped doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. and you just kind of have to know which snowballs you want to keep rolling and which you just want to let go. Um, but being able to look at your social media through an analytical eye, I think is what makes the difference. Mm -hmm. No, it's yeah, that, and that's also true. And like, I don't know what, (laughs) I guess what you said about the, the whole drama of everything too. And how I'm glad like people didn't come after you like super aggressively, because that was something that I really saw a lot happening is like, I don't know. I, I was thinking about this a lot as that was all happening. I mean, not to keep dwelling on this, but like, it's interesting to me how much how dedicated, I guess, some of these followers are to these people that they follow on the internet. And I guess it could be a good thing, but sometimes I was, I just had to really take a seat, like step back and and think like, wow, like these people are really aggressive and like mad at this other person for whatever, you know, whatever side it was on. I saw it on both sides and I'm like, and, and half of them were like, I don't even know who this other person is, but like, I hate them. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, because of what this person you follow said, it's just really interesting how much of an influence we really have. And, and I feel like it really made me take a step back and think like, okay, you know, that it, it just shows how powerful, like you have influence with people. Like if you're building a following and you have followers, you know, I think it's easy to just be in a bubble and think like, okay, I just put out content, whatever. I hope it makes people happy, but people are like willing to get up on that box with you and like <laughs> defend you, which is, is nice, but it's also, it's, it's like a weird space to be in. Yeah, very much. I, tr- I try to tread very lightly. Um, I always look at my content and and I don't know, this is tough. Um, some people are very good at fighting the good fight. Um, some people are, are willing to stand on a hill and die there. There are people who are willing to be controversial, whether they're right, wrong, or otherwise. I'm not one of those people. Okay. I like, I internalize those things. I don't know. I don't want any part of it. Um, agricultural advocacy can be one of those spaces. So, you know, I advocate for ranching and I advocate for agriculture. I just do it in a very careful way because that's not my arena, you know, and there are creators and influencers and, and advocates out there that that is their space. And I will give that to them. Like, I'm not, you take it, you take it. So, but I always look at my posts, like if I'm creating content 
I always just kind of do, uh, it sounds silly, but I just kind of do a vibe check on it before I post it where it's like, okay, could this potentially piss someone off? Mm-hmm. And if it does piss them off, do I care? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, so like my Yellowstone content, my Yellowstone content. Oh my gosh. I did a, I did a series of unpopular Yellowstone opinions. Oh my gosh. Well, people wanted to burn me at the stake, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't care. Like, yeah. but if I were to create content that was, that could be perceived as, um, being negative towards a real person or discrediting a real person or discrediting a way of life, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go there. Like even with the cowboy gatekeeper, I always said at the beginning of that, this is a joke. This right. is not, this is a joke and it's meant to be a joke yeah. um, because I never wanted people to view me as someone who wanted to put on boxing gloves you know yellowstone characters i don't care they're not real people like i don't care i can yeah. still sleep at night if i'm mean to a yellowstone character <laughs> right <laughs> some people who can't apparently but yeah. real people and and you know the the whole tratter house thing was an example i i don't care i think they're having a blast i think there's a place for every single person within this industry and they have carved out their space and while i don't resonate with their content good for them. Yeah. And so I really, I look at all of my posts in the sense of, am I doing justice to myself as a person by posting this, or am I just posting it to get views? And Mm -hmm. I, I will never just post something to get views at the risk of undermining someone else for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you have any advice for somebody who maybe is just getting started in this whole content creation world, whether it be on TikTok or Instagram or whatever platform they choose to to make a go of it. I mean, is there any advice for someone just willing to get started? I mean, I know we touched on a lot of things, but what would say, what would you say is kind of your biggest thing? I think my biggest piece of advice is just try to find your place within the industry. So, so not even, so, so yes, social media, because social media is just what we all do now. Um, but try to find your place in the industry and, and just see if it works, you know, cause like I said, in the past, I have tried to be a faith-based blogger. And while my faith is absolutely central to everything I do, I was not received as a faith-based blogger. I didn't, I could not carve out a space in that particular corner Mm -hmm. of the internet. And I had to just let that go. So, you know, if you, so for example, I'll just use kind of a a hypothetical example. If you're a, uh, if if you want to be a content creator and you feel like you can do inspirational stuff. You want to inspire people. You know, you want to inspire people in the agriculture industry and you start making videos that are meant to inspire people but they don't hit, they don't they don't grow an audience. Be willing to look at that and say, okay, that must not be my corner. Um and so what else can I try? Cuz like I said, I've found that that funny works for me. If I keep it light and funny while still touching on very real aspects of our life, yeah. That's the space that I've carved out for myself. Whenever I try to post like inspirational stuff, it just doesn't really go anywhere because yeah. that's not how people view me. Yeah. And I think being willing to find your place, be wrong, find the wrong place, then go find the right place that's when you're going to find your audience because that's the goal. At the end of the day, the goal is to find your people that want to be in your realm of creation. Mm -hmm. And when you carve out your space, that just becomes incredibly easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So where do you see, where do you see yourself going from here? Like what would be your next big step? Like what's, what's kind of, what's your path that you're, you're hoping to maybe take this on? You're, you're asking me to speak things into existence. Um, <laughs> you're, you're asking me 
be brave and speak things into existence. Ah, uh, yes. Scary. <laughs> is, but I think it's important um, because, you know, like I said earlier, I think the crippling fear of failure is what stops so many of us. So um, I will speak it into existence. Um, I really, really would love to be thought out as a commentator. Um, I would I would really like to see this grow into something big enough to be considered for television. Um, and I would really like to slowly build to geez, this sounds this sounds so it's so hard to say it out loud because I don't I don't want it to be perceived as um arrogance. Uh someone someone told me they I, I launched my I launched my website and someone who's followed me for a very long time uh and I would consider an internet friend she said you're gonna be you're gonna be the next pioneer woman but ranchier and I said, that's it. I want to be punchy pioneer woman. That's what I want. Like that's, I want the whole, I want all of it. I you see, know? I, I, I'm envisioning like a Netflix like series happening. <laughs> I always say that on TikTok. I said, if Dale Brisby can have a Netflix show, I can have a Netflix show. Yeah. And, uh, but it's because that's what I want. And if it ever gets to the point where it's like, I don't want this anymore, I'm, that's fine, you know, but right now, that's what I envision. I envision a totally inclusive brand that represents women in ranching, specifically ranch wives. Um, I fully believe that ranch wives are the unsung heroes of the industry. And if I can somehow carve out a space that represents them and honors them and champions them and also serves them, I want to do it. I'm like have chills like listening to you talk right now I'm just like oh my gosh so when do when do we call Netflix when do we call the TV network like I'm so here for all of this and I love you're just so on fire with it oh my gosh yeah and you're just you're such a big dreamer and I just I resonate with that I mean that is how I've always been too and it's it's hard to meet people like that 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 have these huge big visions and I know how scary it is to like put it out into the world and to to even fathom that that could ever become your reality Mm -hmm. is it just feels so big and scary and like impossible but I I I think you're I read something somewhere and it really resonated with me and and women women struggle with, um, receiving. We always feel like we have to downplay whether it's our success or so just for example, uh, you go to, you you go out to get lunch with your girlfriend and she says, Oh my gosh, your outfit is so cute. Your response is something like, Oh, I just, I I got it on sale or, Oh, I've had it forever. Oh, this old thing, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of just saying, because I thought I looked cute too. We have a hard time receiving. And so I feel like while it feels unnatural to speak those things into existence, I believe that we block a lot of our blessings by not being willing to say them out loud. You know, you, if you talk to women within this industry and you say, you know, what, you know, what you're doing is incredible. I would venture to guess that more than 75% of them would downplay their success. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not even thinking about doing it, mm-hmm. just, just say something like, oh gosh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just, it's just a little thing or, you know, yeah, thank you. Like, you know, instead of yeah. saying, thank you, I worked really hard for this yeah. or, or thank you for acknowledging my effort mm-hmm. and, and we downplay ourselves. And I think we block so many of our potential opportunities and blessings by not being willing to put ourselves out there. You know, when I, um, and I, and I, I say it jokingly sometimes, but you know, a lot of times when I joke about, you know, if Dale Brisby can have a Netflix show, I can have a Netflix show. I'm speaking that into existence because somewhere someone's going to see that and they're going to be like, Oh, my cousin works for Netflix. Like that's just how the world works. Yeah. 
Well, that's exactly why too. And I love one, I just want to hear it, but two, it's like, you know, I have huge dreams for this show. And like, if one day this blows up and somebody from Netflix is listening to it, or they have a friend of a friend that works for Netflix and all of a sudden it ties into you, like, that's just so cool. And you just never know like where the world is going to go and how, uh, how everything is going to tie together. And I just think it's so cool. Or if we go down the road and it's like, you know, this just isn't it. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. That's fine. But I I don't, I am, I'm incredibly firm in the fact that the story has already been written for me. I just have to be in tune enough to the author to make the right choices that lead me down the path, because I know the path that he's created is in my favor. And if I am willing to accept what he's willing to give me, then we're just going to keep going with it. Yeah. Lydia, I could talk to you for hours. I feel like I could just sit here and like pick your brain all day long. This has been oh, but because I gotta go feed cows. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm like trying to trying to let you go so you can go back to feeding. Um, no, I seriously appreciate you being here so much and and just sharing all of these nuggets of wisdom and just your story and just everything. I think you're so much fun to talk to. I love your sense of humor. It is so great. Um, so go ahead and do you want to like, just let people know like where they can find you, where they can hang out with you, all the things. Yeah. So, um, I did, I officially launched my website. It's very bare bones right now, but it's rancherswifelife.com. So you can find me there and that will lead you to all of my socials. Um, on Instagram, I am at ranch underscore wife underscore life. And then on TikTok, I'm just ranch wife life. That's perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I cannot wait for people to listen to this. I'm so excited. Let's do it again sometime. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. To stay up to date on the show, give input, ask questions, and more, make sure to join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and check out all of the show notes by going to sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. That's sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. And if you have not yet, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can continue to grow and get into the ears of more Western creatives just like you. All right, y'all, I will see you in the next one.